Howdy, ladies and gentlemen. This is Aziz, and you are listening to Aziz Asks Why. And if this is not the podcast you are expecting, then maybe that would have been something you noticed when you first heard the intro music. In this episode, we will be talking about passwords. Now, I don't want to bore you with the technology behind passwords and and what is a password. I'm not going to be talking about hashing algorithms or um, or how passwords are stored in plain text or in encrypted format or in hashed format. No. What I'm going to discuss in this here episode is going to be the anatomy of bad passwords and how to get good passwords. How <laughs> to get good passwords. That's not really the um, best way to put it, but... How to how to have good password hygiene, uh, for lack of a better term. Now, here's the thing. I, even as someone who is a cybersecurity graduate student, I absolutely hate passwords. Um, if it were up to me, no one would have a password. But the problem is, is we have bad actors, people who want to cause harm, people who want to do nefarious things. And unfortunately, in the digital world, the password is your key. So it's like leaving the key uh, of your house under your doormat or in some kind of a hiding spot that you think is absolutely genius, but it's really not. Um you're probably listening to this and you're thinking of that hiding spot that you think is, nah, no one will ever guess to look here. Oh, hello, buddy. I have my guide dog, Maximus, joining the podcast here. Um, what he'll end up doing here is uh, laying down and then snoring in the background. So if you hear that, that will be Maximus. Uh, and he is a professional uh, sleeper. So... Uh, we'll get to that uh, sometime uh, later into this episode. If <laughs> We'll see how it goes. Anyway, so passwords are by far the number one way that a bad actor can gain access to your account. And whether that's uh, using common patterns of passwords that a lot of people use, for example, people will use common patterns where it's their name at their year of birth or their child's name or their spouse's name or their dog's name. And and by the way, don't try, um, you know, anything with Maximus because I know that and I've learned my lesson to not use passwords with Maximus in there. But uh, it's, it's a very easy password to just have... Uh, Maximus at 2015, that was the year he was born, um, or have, I guess, Maximus uh, 2021, or Maximus at 2021, uh, and there you have all the letters, you know, all the characters, the numbers, and everything, and you think that it's, oh boy, settle down. Uh, you think that it is hard to guess, right? Um, but it's really not. A, a lot of research you can put into uh, researching someone, uh, finding their year of birth, um, finding out their pet's name. This is a lot of information that people will publicly offer up. Um, and if they're not publicly offering it, it's somewhere attached to them in a way whether that's social media or some kind of public record online. Uh, and really, a lot of this information can be obtained publicly from the Internet um, or provided by the individual on something like social media or um, just something you could just know. As a friend of the individual, you'll know this information. You know, some of those security questions are just horrible. What was your, what was the name of the middle school you went to? What was the, you know, some of this stuff you can, you know, find 
by either just asking someone, knowing someone, and a lot of this other information, it's just, you could probably look it up online, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Um, But besides all that, that's really not the number one way where um, passwords are being uh, cracked. Uh, And the next one here isn't really number one either, but uh, leaked passwords. You'll find passwords that are that were just in a data breach of some sort. Now, just, you know, you could have the most complex password out there, but if the the service provider that you were with, the wherever you're using your password, let's say company ABC, um, I don't know, I can't think of any company names right now uh, without thinking of one that will get me sued here, but... Um, just think of any company that you have a username and a password with and think about the scenario where they get hacked and think about how they're storing their password. Now, without getting too technical, there's really uh, two ways to store a password just from a very surface level um area and that's going to be plain text and encrypted or non-plain text let's just call it in the non-plain text where we have encrypted hashed um where it's just stored as a hash value but we're not going to get into that the one concerning one is plain text when passwords are stored by uh, entities as plain text and that's basically just storing your password in some kind of database or or file as literally plain text, um, which means if anyone has access to that file, they have access to your password, regardless of how good it is. It could be Maximus123 or exclamation point, equal sign, dollar three seven fw you know, it can be anything, whether it's four characters or 40 characters. If a password is stored in plain text and is compromised. Usually it's not one password that's compromised. It is hundreds, thousands, or millions of accounts that are compromised. Um, They have everything. And one of the problems we have as humans is we like to basically make life easier. And honestly, this isn't really our fault, Um, it's the fault of technology for not uh, adapting to our natural human behaviors. But as folks who like to make things easier, we like to reuse passwords. Maximus just walked away. He went, he went to the other room so he could sleep. He doesn't want to listen to this stuff. Um, but, uh, reused passwords are probably the worst thing I can think of when it comes to um, your security and the best thing I can think of for compromising security. Think about it like this. Let's say you have your apartment, you have your car, you have your office, you have your mailbox, uh, and you have a few other things or places that are locked. And now think that all of these places have one key, one master key. To you, this is very convenient because you just have to carry around this one key. And wherever you go, that one key works. It gets you into your house. It opens the safe in your bedroom. It unlocks your car. It gets you into your office. It opens your mailbox, so on and so forth. You got this one key. It does everything. It makes your life easier. You don't have to worry about it. So long as you know where this one key is, you're good, right? Now, let's say you lose the key, right? Now, you may have copies of the key. That's fine. Um, And I guess you can get a new key. Um, But here's where the real problem is happens is if someone else gets a hold of this key and if someone else gets a hold of this key they have access to all of the things that you had access to with that one key 
Whereas in reality, we have multiple keys for multiple things. Now, the problem with how we're normally doing things is we have everything on the same key ring. So technically, you lose that key ring, you lose all the keys, you know, we're back to square one. But sort of to keep ourselves on track with the analogy here, let's say that you carried each key separately whenever you needed to do the thing that is associated with that key. Well, let's say you lose the key to your office. That's fine. You can go and you can replace the lock on your office and just replace the key. Get a new key, get a new lock, boom, you're safe. Your office is good. Um, but if you lose the regular key, well, now you have to go on and replace all of the locks, your car lock, your home lock, your office lock, your mailbox lock, whatever else you have secured with that one convenient but now very inconvenient master key. Uh, having separate keys is um, is not the most convenient thing, and carrying them separately and only when you need them and not on one key ring is not the most convenient thing, but it is very secure, isn't it? Um and that's the same concept we have with passwords. That was a very long analogy. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but when it comes to passwords, a lot of folks will use one password on multiple accounts. So they'll use Maximus123 on 20 different accounts. Facebook, social media, uh, entertainment bank accounts that's where the real stuff is you know um and for some people social media is just as important because social media is the is your image online it's who you are it's what people perceive you to be what you post on your timeline what you tweet what you do on whatever social media platform you choose to interact with um that is your image and it's sort of like identity theft in a way if someone gains access to your social media. Um, and it is financial theft if someone gains access to the username and password you use for your bank accounts. So what do these cybersecurity IT professionals all recommend doing? Well, you've heard it over and over again. And... Um, it's a pain to do, and it's a pain to even listen to, but in reality, it's the best way to do it, quote-unquote. But that's to have a separate password for each account, a separate and unique password for each account. And they're saying separate, strong, unique, in that it is just a random string of characters and 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 numbers and symbols for each account and thinking of the accounts that you have i mean no one has really account <laughs> no one really has like a number in their mind of how many accounts they have online because we just don't think about this but if you think about it we have dozens and dozens of accounts that we have online and you may think, oh, well, you know, uh, it's just my, I don't know, um, Notion. I, I, I don't know why I thought of Notion, but I just looked over to my computer. That's where I have all my notes is Notion. But uh, it's just my Notion account. That's where I store my notes. Eh, who cares? And you use the same password on there as you would, let's say, your bank account. And if you do that, well, the next time Notion has a... Uh, security breach because who's more likely to have a security breach notion or your bank uh, your bank most likely could um, it's not it's not impossible that your bank could have a uh, security breach but they've got their you know they've got their stuff handled notion if notion has a security breach and um, they find that they have the password stored in plain text well the bad actor can take that password, try to figure out what bank account you're using, and then use that password 
in a combination with your email or a username that would pretty much just match up with what you would use for a username. Uh, and then go ahead and try to log into your account. Now, the thing is with a lot of these accounts nowadays is there is multi-factor authentication, uh, multi-factor authentication. And that's where you're getting a text message to your phone or an email to your inbox saying, hey, we need to we need you to enter this code to log in. So there's a lot of measures put in place to prevent these kinds of um, behaviors. But you don't want to rely on those on those fail safes to prevent bad actors from getting into your accounts. Um, a bit of a side note: if you have a uh, device nearby, like a computer or a phone, which you probably do, because that's I mean you're you're not listening to this on a potato, you're listening to this on a modern device. So go ahead and use that modern device and and head over to haveibeenpwned.com. That's haveibeenpwned.com. Pwned is spelled P-W-N-E-D. P-W-N-E-D. Haveibeenpwned.com. And on that website, you can enter either your phone or your email address. And what that will do is that will search uh, common data breaches that have occurred and it will tell you what... Oh, and there goes my screen reader. Let me go ahead and turn that off. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Um, I had someone listen to my podcast, and, and um, I told them, I was like, I don't ever edit these. <laughs> and they, they're like, yeah, I could tell um, just from the minor distractions that occur every now and then. Um in this case, my screen reader was talking, and that uh, I did not account for that. I had muted my phone and my iPad, but I guess I forgot to turn off the screen reader on the computer. Anyway, um, back to haveibeenpwned.com. Haveibeenpwned.com allows you to enter your email or your phone. I would just go with email first, um, and then search the database that they retain on there of common security breaches, uh, whether that's sites like Dropbox, Facebook. There's a lot of things. Even my email was in um, data breaches uh, back in the day. And a lot of those accounts are no longer with us or the password is has long been changed. Um, but it gives you a snapshot of, okay, I can see that, hey, on website... XYZ, I was pwned. My password was was leaked. Um, am I using the same password on that website that I'm using on another website, like my bank account or my social media or um, my school email? Um, and that'll sort of get you to think is, all right, let's work on this password hygiene stuff. Uh, and one of the most important passwords that I have to say you should pay attention to is not your bank account password, is not your social media password, are not reused passwords. You know, maybe you are using a bad password on your bank account or social media or whatever. No, the most important password, in my opinion, has to be the password on your primary email account. Think about it. Your email inbox has to be the most sensitive place to be. I mean, maybe you're like, ah, I don't have that many important communications, really. I don't care. Um, just a lot of spam emails from Southwest Airlines. Um, I take. I, I like Southwest Airlines. It's just they're. I'm tired of getting all the promo emails. Um, I tried unsubscribing. They're still sending them. Um, I'm still not going to stop flying with Southwest. I love Southwest. But just for an example of one of the emails I got, uh, or am always getting Southwest Airlines emails, um, other emails, I can't think of any others. But um, those aren't my concern. I don't care. Well, you should care because think of 
think of that one email that you do get every now and then when you need it. And that is the I forgot my password email. Every now and then you're stuck in a in a tight spot and you forgot your password to your bank account. You forgot your password to your WordPress website. You forgot your 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 um you forgot your password to your hosting account. Whatever it is. You forgot your password. What do you do? Well, sometimes you have a uh, a backup security question or something set up. Which, by the way, security questions are the worst thing in my opinion. And that uh, we're going to save that for our next uh, episode. Uh, I'm going to be talking about how horrible security questions are and how you should definitely switch to multi-factor authentication and even passwordless authentication. So no passwords. Um, but that save that for its own episodes. Um, but the most important thing to think about in your inbox is um, or are those reset password links that you can send. Um, and if you have access to someone's inbox or if someone has access to your email inbox and they have access to the inbox, they know what account you're using. They could just go on to any website that they know you're associated with, click forgot user or forgot password, and then there they can say um, that, all right, Here's the email, send me a reset link. And they will get that reset link because they have access to your email inbox. <clears throat> I learned my lesson from uh, from the trailer episode is to have water nearby. So having access to your email inbox is probably the most dangerous thing for you, but the most awesome thing for someone who is trying to leverage their hacking skills in taking over your life um, or doing something nefarious. Um, and remember, for some of these hackers, it's not really about financial gain, right? Um, for a lot of these hackers, it's about the challenge, about the the rush, Um the sexual thrill, if you will, <laughs> um, it's it's and and not in a bad way. Hacking is 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 absolutely fun. It's it's a joy. Um, I took a red team class where we did a lot of pen testing, uh, and and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't like it that much. But just the that feeling you get once you have. Uh, gotten control of a system or you have done the task that you were looking to do um achieving that goal of hacking something you know for lack of a better term you, you feel this sense of accomplishment that you wow okay you know boom i've done something i've i've, I've achieved something and the best example i can give you um uh, uh, regarding this whole hackers don't have to be doing it for the financial gain is uh, this fella named uh, Kevin Mitnick. And he is absolutely one of my favorite um, security individuals out there, I guess, uh, IT, um, cybersecurity uh, people. I, don't, I can't think of a title for him, but he has a book called The Art of Deception. Uh, and if and if it's, it's an old book, but it's still true to this day. And it talks about social engineering. Now, social engineering is another way people can get your passwords from you. Um, but social engineering is pretty much just hacking the individual. So they're not hacking the technology they're not figuring out how to do all this technological stuff. They're just they're just using psychology or sociology or whatever it is they're using. They're just using social engineering to hack you. Um, definitely the benefits of uh, living near, uh, <laughs> or the downsides of living near a 
uh, civilization is having people just using um or revving their loud engines and, and and it coming into the podcast but oh well we'll just carry on there um but social engineering is definitely one of the most uh scary hacking uh tools in a bad actor's tool belt and it's because they're taking advantage of just human nature we are just we are we are, we want to be helpful by nature we want to um assist in any way we can uh we don't like to let people down so on and so forth we these social engineers they take advantage of these inherently human uh characteristics we have and it's all right it's not you know it's not like we should be blaming ourselves for this and and but we should we should be aware of it and and reading a book like uh the art of deception and really understanding the anatomy of social engineering will help you understand how you could be a victim of it and how anyone could be a victim of social engineering like it's just it really takes time and effort to restructure yourself into someone who does not fall for these for these common ploys taken by people who are just using common human nature to get what they want um an example i guess would be the most uh, stereotypical example but you get an email um that says hey you know you've been locked out of your account uh to 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 fix this click on this link and you're in a panic you know this is for your itunes you click on that link and and it's not that the link itself is going to quote unquote hack you it's when you click on that link you're like oh, okay i see a password reset thing um it looks legit you go ahead and you input your username and your password and you press enter and then boom that's where the nefarious side of things comes in the page you visited looked like apple.com or appleid.apple.com but in reality it was appleid.apple.azizaskswhy.com and what happened there is a bad actor took a copy of the website in terms of the code so anyone can basically view the code of the website get the front end look of it and they pretty much just cloned the look and feel of the login page and all of the links are exactly the way they're supposed to so if there's a privacy policy link somewhere on that page if they click it they'll go to the privacy policy link on um on apple's website but there's one thing that's different and that's any information you input and in this case that's your username and your password anything that you input on that page and you press login or reset that information will not be sent to apple in in what you assume to be efforts to unlock your account no that information gets sent to the bad actor in this case it's being sent to me now we'll talk about that domain structure that i just said uh later in a later episode um but that's called a subdomain um or several subdomains um but in this case this is technically azizasksy.com but it's actually apple id dot apple or it can be like reset dash apple id dot apple dot aziz asks why dot com and you can make that you can make that um if you have a domain you could make you really don't have to buy a shady domain um that looks close to apple to get someone to fall for this stuff no you can also um hide 
the URL. It can be a really bad looking URL. And what you'll see is when you're reading an email, you'll see a button that says reset password. Well, remember, every button online, everything you do online is URLs. Everything is hypertext markup language. And I'm sorry, I got a little too technical there, but everything is links. And if it's not a link, it's text. And if it's not a text, it's an image. But everything is linking to other, uh, to other things. So that button in the email that says reset password, whether it's legitimate or not legitimate, it's a button. And every button that goes anywhere in the world of the Internet is a link. So if you hover your mouse over that button in the bottom left corner, and this is on a desktop, you will see where that's going. And I definitely recommend reading that entire URL. Um, Now, here's the thing. You've probably just tuned out by now. You're like, you know, man, I can't do anything about it. What am I going to do? If it's not, if, if I'm using a strong password, I'm worried about some kind of password breach. And if I'm and if it's not a password breach, well, I'm worried about being socially engineered. And if it's not about that, I'm worried about someone using some kind of keylogger. And a keylogger is basically just a device that records um, keyboard entry. Uh, and if it's not, you know, it's just all of this, th- all of these things. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to inform you of the landscape as it stands right now. But there is something you can do about it. Um, And like all things in life, there's no way to mitigate fully. Of course, there isn't. There never is. There never will be a way to to create a perfect world or or solve a a problem 100%. But we can definitely um, address it. Uh, And... The best way I have found to address this um, is using a password manager. Now, you've heard about all of these sponsorships with uh, with LastPass and, and Dashlane and, and 1Password and Bitwarden, whatever it is. A password manager is your best bet at being just a little bit more secure. Um and it, setting up a password manager, this comes from someone who has over 300 uh, internet accounts. Setting up a password manager can be a royal pain in the butt when you're getting it started. But once you have it up and running, believe me, it is a very, very convenient tool Um And here's how a password manager works. A password manager allows you to store the credentials of all of your accounts in one place. Now, that sounds a little shady. You're like, all right, what happens if this one place gets breached? Well, the thing about that is it's encrypted. And it is designed in such a way that it is secure to a point where, okay, if it does get breached, well, the folks won't have too much uh, information uh, about what's going on unless they have your master password. Now, here's where things, here's where reality sort of comes back into play in that a password manager is very secure. It's like Fort Knox for your password, right? Now, you really have to bring good habits into using a password manager or you're putting yourself in a position that's worse off than when you were not using a password manager. Now, don't stop listening or don't tune out yet because here's the thing. If you just follow a few good habits in password manager use, you will be pretty good to go. Um, And you will have definitely shaved down your potential of being in a uh, security breach of some sort. 
So what's a password manager? Well, think of it as a box, a safe. Think of it as a safe. If you have a safe, think of a safe, a jewelry box with a lock. Think of that. Um, whatever it is you want to think of, think of. So this box, you put in it all of your usernames and passwords. Facebook, username and password, go in there. Bank account, goes in there. License keys for software, goes in there too. Wi-Fi password, you can put it in there as well. Credit card information, go ahead and throw it in there. Whatever it is that is sensitive and requires that you uh, either remember it or, or store it or retain it in any way, those kinds of information, you throw it in this security box, right? And then what do you do? Well, you close the lid and you lock it. And you're locking this box with a key. And it's called the master key, your key, the master key. And the thing about this master key is, well, same as that master key that gave access to, in our first hypothetical, where you had a master key that went in and allowed you access into your car, your house, your office, your your mailbox, so on and so forth. Well, if someone gains access to this master key, well, you're screwed pretty much. Um, but in the world of passwords, you get to choose your key. You get to design your key. And in the world of key design or password design... There's actually three things, um, or two things, because I was going to say PIN or a person, um, a personal identification number, but PINs are just numbers, and you know whether that's one, two, three, four, uh, three, six, four, seven. I don't know. Just think of anything. By the way, three, four, six, seven is not a PIN that I'm thinking of using anytime soon. <laughs> um, but I just thought of a random number there. Um, but a Password is just one word. So that's going to be Maximus at 2021, right? Now, Maximus at 2021 is technically a word with a symbol and a number appended to it. There's, um, sorry, let me get this microphone here. I'm a little better situated. Um, there is a better thing that you can follow and that is by using a pass phrase now this is a combination of words so you can be like maximus is my guide dog 2015 at or maximus is a cool dog at 2027 i don't know and that way you have created this pass phrase or we can call it your password um, but in, 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 in technical terminology, it is a passphrase that is way harder to guess, way harder to brute force, and definitely not something that can be easily guessed. Because it's not just one word and a number and a symbol that follow a common pattern. No. This is some kind of memorable thing that you have come up with and have retained to yourself and now this is your master password. Now, the nice thing with a password manager is if you are just taking all of your... Re- oh, boy, sorry. <laughs> if you are just taking your... Look, I'm just getting used to this whole microphone being in front of my face thing. And I'm like, I'm a very animated talker. So I'm talking with my hands and I forgot about the microphone there. Um, but if you are taking all of the reused passwords... Um, or if you are the type of person who reuses passwords, so you have a password on Facebook, you have a password on Google, you have a password on your bank account. If you take all of those passwords and, and in your situation, they're probably all reused. So they're all Maximus at 2021. Well, what's the point in you using a password manager? Well, that's a great question. The nice thing with password managers is they allow you to generate a strong and unique password 
or it's not even a word anymore. It's just a string of of characters, um, whether that's alphabets, numbers, just a random, hard, long, and unique string of characters. And no way you're going to remember it. But the nice thing with a password manager is it will remember it for you because... It's just a box that holds things and information for you. All you have to remember is your passphrase. Maximus is a cool guide dog 2021. Now, that may be a pain to type out every now and then, um, but you got to remember nowadays we have a lot of this passwordless authentication around. We have face ID, we have fingerprints, we have iris scanners, so on and so forth. Um, So the implementation of these cool things, there is the safe box. There is the passphrase that you have to authenticate with every, let's say, two weeks or so. But every time you need to call on a password, well, these password managers, well, they integrate beautifully with the passwordless authentication methods that you use to get into your phone that you may use to get into your computer um but they're designed to be uh as little friction as possible the real friction of setting up a password manager is when you first install it so for example for me when i first install my password manager Um, Or when I first set it up on a new device, I have to provide it my email, I have to provide it my password, I have to provide it something called a secret key, so I'm using 1Password, so there's this thing called a secret key, and I have this stored in a very secure location, and I only get it when I need to set up my password manager on a new device. And then, once I authenticate with those three pieces of information, I'm not done. I need to plug in a physical security key. Now, you don't have to do this. You don't have to get a physical security key. But this is going to be a topic that I cover in a future episode. Water break. Now, if this was Network Chuck, it would be a coffee break. But you see here, if I drink coffee anytime after 10 a.m., I stay wired um, for God knows how long. But... um, Water is my water is my thing. Um, coffee is more of the thing I do in the morning uh, on weekdays. Anyway, but uh, where was I? Password managers. Um, wow, really? I did lose my train of thought there. Um, the. Oh, physical security keys. Yes, physical security keys. I should probably start editing these, but you know what? I'm not, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, uh, And I'll definitely work on having notes in front of me, but I'm just pretty new to this. Um, But the physical security key is a multi-factor authentication. So it's another factor that you need to provide to authenticate. And in my case, once I have provided my username, my password, my security or my secret key, and I have plugged in my um, my security key, my physical security key, now all I have to do to unlock is either enter my master password or on my phone, just use Face ID. Um, and... I rarely have to input my password on my phone for my um, for my uh, for my master password for my uh, one password password vault thing, but on my computer I do have to enter it because I don't have anything set up right there for passwordless authentication. But I have to say, the passphrase that I have set up is easier to to work with than remembering the unique strings of characters, numbers, and symbols that I have for each one of the accounts that I have in there. So I have around 300-ish accounts. 
And each one of those accounts has its own password, just its own uniquely generated password, nothing to do with any other password in there. Like one will have um, exclamation point underscore W star F three two seven, you know, and then the other one will just be completely different. Um, and that's what's nice is I don't even know my passwords. I don't know any of my passwords anymore other than the passphrase. And if anything happens to the passphrase, right, or if anything happens to to one password, well, that's fine. Um, I do have a backup of my 1Password vault off-site in, um, in a secure location, encrypted, and in a format that works with another password manager. But while 1Password is around, I use 1Password, and I rely on 1Password to come up with good passwords because I'm not good at I'm a human. I'm not good at coming up with good passwords. I mean, you've listened to me through this podcast, coming up with example passwords and passphrases to sort of build an example of what I'm talking about. And and all of these have been bad examples. The nice thing with a computer, it goes, just spits out a, a random um, combination of numbers, letters, and symbols, and so on and so forth. And it stores it. And it associates it with the URL of the website that that account lives on. Now, that's important. Why did I mention that? So remember when I was talking about the whole um, social engineering, getting that email link, that spammy email link in your inbox that says, hey, click on this link and, and, and log in. Well, the nice thing with the password manager is it always comes with a... Uh, a browser extension. So whether you're on Safari, uh, Firefox, or God forbid you're on Chrome like me and the rest of the world, um, you have the option to install a uh, an extension, a browser extension. And what that browser extension will do is it will read the URL of the site you are on, and if it notices that there is an associated account in your vault with the URL that you are on, and it notices that you are in a login page, it will say, hey, uh, do you want to autofill this uh, username and password here? And you'll go, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. Now, I guess from a, a bad actor standpoint, someone could go in and manipulate your, um, your, your URLs and your vault or something, but they would have to have access to your vault. Um, and there are a whole bunch of other ways that they could, um, I guess, get you to uh, visit a, a nefarious page where um, you are unable to distinguish it uh, without just looking at it first glance. But uh, in most cases, you know, not every the whole world isn't out to get you. You just want to you just want to practice common sense, right? You don't want to leave your car unlocked. Um, you don't want to leave your front door unlocked. And in the case of the world of passwords, well, you know you don't you don't want to have a super easy password. Um, you don't want to have uh, a password that's easy to guess. And really, you just want to follow common sense in the world of passwords. And a password manager will help you do that. And that autofill feature will help you. Do it more efficiently. And, and it's really, honestly, I am so over typing my username and password now. I'll just go in um, and I'll authenticate with uh, one password when I launch my browser. And then I'll, you know, I'll head to, let's say, uh, Amazon. Well, some of these websites you're already logged into, so you don't even have to worry about it. But let's say I head into my bank account website. Well, I just click on the I just click on the text box. I don't even have to click anywhere else. I just click on the text box where it's asking for my username and password and a drop down comes down and it says, Well, do you want autofill? And I'm like, Yep. And I just click on that and then press enter and then boom, I'm in. And it's really convenient. Um, but you have to remember 
and I'll and I'll circle back to what I said. If you are not being very hygienic with the use of a password manager, well, you're putting yourself in a position that is worse than where you started before the password manager. So remember, if you're using a password manager, and I totally recommend that you do, whether that is something like 1Password, um, LastPass, Dashlane, uh, Bitwarden, uh, I I don't have any problem with, uh, with uh, Google's password manager or... Um, Apple's, well, I actually have a bit of a problem with Apple's thing. Uh, what is it? Keychain. Keychain is nice if you're fully rooted in Apple's ecosystem, which I am an Apple guy, but I'm not that much of an Apple guy, right? I use Google Chrome. I use Firefox. I use um, devices where Keychain is just so embedded in the apple ecosystem that if you choose to go to another password manager or if you choose to go on a windows computer you know god forbid you're going on a windows computer or linux um i love linux but you're sort of you're sort of screwed in a bit you know you don't have um access to that keychain to that apple keychain on some of these other devices um and you'll want to choose a password manager solution that is cross-platform. Now, Google is cross-platform, um, but I personally don't like that. I personally, my personal favorite password manager is 1Password. Now, I don't have any sponsorships. You all know that. I'm not getting paid by anybody. I'm. <laughs> this is just a fun project of mine for now. But... um. 1Password has to be my favorite password manager because it supports all of the things I want it to support. Um, it's clean, it's straightforward, it offers all of the multi-factor authentication options I want uh, I want it to have. Um, it's a paid offering. Now, password managers are paid. Uh, unless you're going for... Um, like the LastPass, LastPass has like you can you can install it on as many devices as you want, so long as they're the same type of device. So you can install it as on, on as many desktops as you want, or on as many um, phones as you want. But you can't install it on a phone and a desktop. You'll have to pay for that. Um, with One Password, it is just paid. I don't think there's a free offering with One Password. Um, now Bitwarden, um, Bitwarden is free and I personally just liked one password, but Bitwarden is very nice. I have seen a lot of cool things being offered in Bitwarden and it also offers the extension and it offers all of the things and the bells and whistles that you expect to see out of a password manager and it's free. Uh, there are paid offerings and in my opinion, a good offer or a good offering should be paid at some point. You know, not everything in the world should be free because you're really not going to get good things out of the world when it's all free. Um, but Bitwarden is open source. It is free. There is a paid offering, but their free offering is pretty great. If you're just trying to look for the best free password manager offering that you can uh, that you can find. Uh, what is that one? KeyPass XC. Yeah, KeyPass XC is also free. Uh, that one's open source. Now that one's a little hardcore. Uh, that's the password manager I have as my backup, just in case pass or one password goes belly up. But uh, KeyPass XC is um is a pretty uh pretty pretty out there offering. It's 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 open source. Um, but it's not. It's not super, you know, it's not super shiny and sexy and such. For me, it is, you know, coming from someone who's a nerd. Um, but for your average person, it really isn't. Uh, so, but let me stress this before we sort of uh, wrap up everything. If you 
are just a person who uses their phone, I would just say, look, use the password manager that's built in. It's better than nothing. It really is. It's better than um, you using the same password across every single account. Um, and it's easier. Instead of you having to sit there and type a username and password every single time, just click the autofill button. It's built in. It's secure. It validates you with your face or your fingerprint or whatever print, you know, They'll be implementing in the near future after I've recorded this. Um, But go ahead and take advantage of these password manager offerings. Whether they're first party, they're offered in your phone, uh, they're offered as a part of the operating system that you're on, or if it's some kind of third party offering like 1Password, LastPass, Dashlane. I've used all three of the. Well, I've actually also used... I've used 1Password, Dashlane, LastPass, and Bitwarden, and I haven't had a single problem with them. I've used several more. Um, I just can't think of them, but those are pretty solid offerings, in my opinion. 1Password, for me, is probably the most... um, It it can get a little in your way. Sometimes it may not let you authenticate with your face, which can be very annoying, in my opinion, but... Honestly, the trade-off is way better security. Uh, And then it has dark mode. So dark mode for me on desktop. And oh, hello, buddy. Do you want to get a password manager? Um, But um, dark mode on desktop and on mobile for me were a major selling point. And being able to use um, U2F uh, was another major selling point. Now, if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, well... No worries. I have a I have an episode that will be coming up that will be discussing um, passwordless authentication and then physical. And in that same episode, we'll be talking also about uh, multi-factor authentication, uh, two-factor authentication, and physical keys. Now, same as this episode, I will not be getting uh, into much detail uh, into the technical stuff. Like for example, in this episode. Um, the world of you know whether the password is plain text whether it's encrypted hashed um what are the different types of hashes that sort of information i've left out because i really don't want to bore you with that information um this is more of an informative podcast for folks who love technology but they're not in love with it um so if you're interested in that type of stuff, please let me know. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't know how you will be able to let me know because there's no comment section. I guess, but um, go ahead and I guess send an email to azizaskswhy at gmail dot com, um, and let me know what your thoughts are about the podcast about what you'd like to hear. Do you want to hear more technical things or do you want to hear um? more of the the layman's side of things because in the next episode i want to talk about how you can take advantage of multi-factor authentication um physical security keys and passwordless authentication to make your life easier um but i really don't want to get into the whole how it works and all that stuff that can just get boring and and put you to sleep type of stuff but uh definitely drop me an email at azizasksy at gmail.com and let me know what you think about the podcast. Let me see, uh, let me think, let me think, let me know what you think about uh, where this podcast is heading and uh, whether I should uh, start editing it or not. And if you say I should start editing it, well, uh, don't take it personally if I don't take your advice because I will not edit this podcast. For all those who are still here, by some miracle, I thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Um, If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send an email. With all that said, please subscribe to the podcast in any way that you do. And stay curious. See you in the next one.